to another episode of the Mix Witches podcast. This will be the last episode for September. This was not recorded in September, but this will be the last episode of September. No. There's two more. What? Really? Yes. I don't know how to count then. Oh my god, you're right. Because, because the other two are going to be in the last two of August. I'm so special. Okay, well, this is mid-September then. For some reason, September has five weeks this year. What the fuck? Okay. Because well, there's five episodes. Uh, I counted that, like, the other day. I was like, why September? Why? Well, anyways, ignore the fact that I'm special. It's in September. It's some. In- it's sometime in September. We're so close We're to spooky September. season. Oh, God. <laughs> so close. I, I don't know. I don't think... Japan gets spooky, like, the same way. says otherwise. Yeah, but I don't know if it's the same way that, you know, America gets spooky, like everybody dresses everything up or not. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping it'll be a different, like, I'm hoping it'll be spooky even if it's like a Jan- Japan type of spooky. Like, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of excited to see that, and I also hope the base dresses up because that would be nice. I would enjoy that. <laughs> but who's to know? Not me. Gotta wait until it happens. Yup. Anyways, I go first today. Yes. And I am going to be talking about another basic thing that I I really didn't realize existed. That sounds bad, but I didn't. It's called centering. And maybe I just didn't notice it before. But it goes along with grounding and shielding, which I've talked about. So now I'm going to talk about centering. <laughs> and I only recently learned about it. So, yeah. The, the first time I heard about centering that I remember, because maybe I heard about it previously, but the first time I heard about centering was in a YouTube video by the Witch of Wanderlust called Four Things Every Practitioner Should Know. And I think I was watching this for the shielding portion, but I can't remember. Point being is I learned some things. I learned that grounding and earthing are not the same thing, though I'm not going to go into earthing right now. But grounding and earthing are not the same thing. And there's this thing called centering. So let's go into that. What is centering? It's centering is also kind of going to give you like the definition is also kind of give the definition is also kind of going to give you the why 
of why you want to do like practice centering. So centering is taking all of your sporadic energy and focusing it so you basically feel balanced. Um, the way it was explained by the Witch of Wanderlust is to energetically get your ducks in a row. So another thing is like, think that all of the thoughts and emotions in your head when you're having like racing thoughts, imagine those are marbles and you've spilled them all over the floor. Oh my God. <laughs> so centering is collecting all of those back up <laughs> and putting like putting them in one central place. <laughs> This, as somebody who gets anxiety, I think this would be a very useful anxiety tool. So the purpose of centering is to bring everything back together and it'll help you analyze and observe your thoughts, emotions, etc. to help you parse through them. So it's not cutting you off from emotions, but it's helping you take a, a needed step back to examine everything and decide, okay, this is not useful and this is useful. Like I need to listen to this useful thing and throw away this stuff that just is not helping me in the moment. So we're grounding, you're getting rid of excess energy or you're recharging your internal batteries. So discharging or sucking up energy. In centering, you're drawing it into yourself and like I said, sorting through to see which ones you need and which ones you don't. So what does centering feel like? So, well, what I mean is, what does it feel like when you're not centered? You could be hyperactive, anxious. You could toss and turn at night, have frequent waking or have nightmares. You could get overwhelmed by your own emotions unable to concentrate, you could be dizzy or feeling spaced out, and you could also be forgetful. And before I continue past this, the places that I got this information are, like I said, from the Witch of Wanderlust and from exemplar.com. So here are some techniques to center. And there's a lot of different ways so I just kind of gave you the ones that I have done unintentionally and I find the most helpful. One of them is to breathe deeply. This, this one's coming from Witch of Wanderlust specifically, is breathe deeply and then visualize that you're sitting on a bench and your thoughts and emotions are people walking by. You don't interact with them and you don't focus on them, you just let them pass. Pay, then you pay attention to your body, and after you've done that, you pay attention to the support of the thing beneath you, whether that's your couch, whether that's the bench in your imaginings or an actual bench, whether that's the, the ground, whatever's beneath you, you pay attention to that. Then you shift your focus to your environment, and then come back to your emotions. So it's not supposed to like completely calm you down, especially if you're having a very strong emotional reaction, but it's supposed to help you manage it more, like step back, examine it, so on and so forth. 
You can meditate, which again, never gonna go away. It's always gonna be there. We'll just get used to it. Another one is to imagine that your center is a fishing reel and then you reel in your emotions and thoughts and energy, etc., whatever's sporadic. And as you you do that as you breathe in and then you anchor and secure that energy while you hold your breath before breathing out. You can eat some chocolate, which yes, but also probably does best matched up with another technique. So, but like for me, chocolate is so like rich, it's easy to focus on it rather than everything else. And also chocolate has natural chemicals and hormones in it that help you calm down. It's, it's, it would be similar to the same reason of why women crave chocolate when they're on their periods is because it has those chemicals and hormones that help us with certain functions that are happening in our body. You can go through your five senses, which is a type of meditation technique. So you catalog things that you can see, hear, feel, smell, and taste. I do enjoy this one. This one's a very nice, calming exercise. You do some boring ass activities, like the dishes, or I don't know, uh, cleaning your bedside table or something. Something boring, mundane, because it brings you back into just the day-to-day. You can cry, which is a cathartic release, but you can also laugh, which is also a cathartic release. You can do some yoga. You can do something creative like draw, sing, write, knit, etc., etc., so on and so forth, whatever creativity means to you. And then you can also, also practice conscious breathing. So the last thing, since I mentioned centering and grounding and earthing and all these different things, um, they're kind of best all used together. So what I saw is if you're not doing spell practice, then going centering, grounding, shielding is a good like flow for daily practice. And then if you can do earthing, which is like actually putting your feet on the ground for, I think she said 10 to 45 minutes a day, two hours if you can, which I don't have that kind of time. And also, I can't really do that on a base. I wish I could, but <laughs> it's, it's weird. Anyways, so centering, you want to do before spell work because you don't want your energies all over the fucking place before you do a spell. You want them focused, you want them knowing what their jobs are, and you put them forth into the spell. And then after the spell, you want to ground, which gets rid of all that excess energy you might have built up during the spell. Or, you know, replenish if you got completely drained during the spell. And then, of course, shielding you want to do at the beginning of the day or when you know you're about to be going into a stressful situation. And then, like I said, you kind of, if you can at all possible, you kind of want to do 
earthing every single day, whether that's at the beginning of the day, end of the day, just at some point put skin-to-skin -skin contact with grass, uh, earth, whatever, preferably actual earth. And yeah, that's what I have. It was a short, short boy. Wasn't too long. These, these basic ones tend not to be that long. So that's what I had. Important boy. Important boy. Which, yeah, no matter what you're doing, whether you're doing spell work or just like in day-to-day -day life, centering can be really important because if you're an anxious person and you're just kind of like everywhere all the time, or if you're not an anxious person and your work makes you feel everywhere all the time, makes you feel really anxious, this is something that could work really well to calm you down, bring you back into alignment. So important boy, just like all of the energetic workings are in my humble opinion. And that's what I have. What are you talking about today? Wow. Wow. Um, I'm expounding on the whole root chakra. If you want to know more about the root chakras and like what it is and how do you know about if it's imbalance, out of balance, whatever. Scroll to our previous episode where I discussed the root chakra and who she is. But this is another basically ultimate guide of the root chakra and how to strengthen it, just like I did for the throat and the sacral. I was like, shoot, I'll do them all. I don't care. So, my sources. Wellnessandharmony.com, mindbodygreen.com, and lonerwolf.com, where I got all this information. And the root chakra is associated with the element of earth. And I saw that its developmental stage is from the womb to 12 months. Of course, if you're wondering, when I give these developmental stages, it's just when they develop, obviously. But your chakras can be out of balance at any point in your life, and they will constantly be in and out of balance because we're always being exposed to stimuli. So, it is like, the, I saw somebody comparing it to the fact, like, you know, you don't bathe once and expect yourself to be clean forever. You bathe all the time. That is the same. Balancing your chakras or your energies or what have you is just self-care and self-spiritual hygiene. So I do have some examples, though, even though I already talked about the root chakra in its own episode. I did drop some examples here of how you know you need to work on your root chakra just in case you need a refresher. Some examples are that you tend to obsess about money, e.g. you worry you don't have enough, or you have catastrophic thoughts that surround going poor and becoming homeless, 
Or you overwork to soothe your anxiety surrounding finances. Or you become triggered whenever someone in your family spends too much. Or you must be in absolute control of the money in your family. So on and so on. Um, you have a general mistrust of others. You believe that the only person you can re rely on is yourself. And you avoid asking favors from others even when you really need to. You're a workaholic who tends to burn out easily. You have a dysfunctional relationship with your family. You feel like there's never enough to go around and you need to fight for what you want. You're terrified of a loss of control. You are hypervigilant to any perceived signs of threat from others or your surroundings. You feel dizzy, anxious, spacey, and ungrounded for most of the day. You find it difficult and scary to be your authentic self around others. You feel disconnected from other people and nature. You are a hoarder who likes to collect a lot of things, making your living space constricted and cluttered. You binge eat or stop eating completely when you get depressed or anxious. You have leg and feet problems such as swelling, infection, cramps, or poor circulation. And you tend to gain weight around the bottom half of your body, e.g. love handles or them dummy thick thighs. <laughs> so how do we keep our root chakra in balance and strengthen it? One tip I have here, the first tip is to listen to grounding music. The recommendation from this person, from LunarWolf.com specifically, is the sound of thunder, Mongolian throat singing, or the didgeridoo, which is an indigenous Australian instrument. I'm sure you've heard it because anytime anything Australian ever happens, somebody will be playing didgeridoo music, like at a cartoon or something. You can chant LAM to yourself, so the root chakra is LAM with an L. Regularly go for a walk in nature. You can do targeted yoga. I have recommended here the child pose, the forward bend, the mountain pose, the squat, and the warrior pose. You can eat grounding foods. Think sweet potatoes, beets, radishes, and other root veggies. I think I said that when I talked about the root chakra, that things that grow in the dirt, besides things that are red and also protein, but things that grow in the dirt, which is unfortunate because I don't really like any of those things. But I will survive. Potatoes. I will find one. You can practice 30-second mindfulness. You should make a habit of stopping each day and observing your breath for at least three counts. It is good to help ground you. It's also a very good anxiety method. One of my favorites is the senses. Like, notice something you can see, notice something you can smell. All those things, very grounding. Bring you back to a sense of awareness. 
I was just talking just about that. Through your root chakra. Yeah. You can carry and meditate with crystals. So, I tried my best. Obviously, I can't put like every single crystal, but I tried my best to list many for you. I have red jasper, hematite, smoky quartz, garnet, bloodstone, black onyx, red agate, red quartz, black jasper, obsidian, and carnelian. Preferably a more red carnelian. Carnelian does range from red to like milky orange. So not necessarily an orange carnelian, but a red, deep, rich carnelian. Also, black tourmaline. I was going to forget about her. I like black tourmaline, so I can't forget about her. You can also cleanse the root chakra with aromatherapy scents. These are the oils I have for you. Sandalwood, patchouli, vetiver, cloves, black pepper, cypress, cedarwood, rosewood, rosemary, frankincense, myrrh, eucalyptus, and ginger. There's some oils here that are cleansing and some that have more musk and body to them. Preferably use both. Why not? You can practice earthing. Earthing is the practice of walking on the grass or earth for the purpose of recharging the human energy field. If you didn't learn about earthing today, you have today. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know what that was. You heard it from both you of us. Cannot, you can't leave this episode not knowing what it is. <laughs> you can carry a totem or grounding piece of jewelry. You can carry some sort of object that is associated with revitalizing the root chakra. Even a stone. <laughs> Make a stone, a totem, or some sort of jewelry. There you go. You can visualize a red ball of light pulsating in your root chakra region, which is like the base of your spine. Right here, it's described as a groin area. That's not what I would say. It is the base of your spine. It's your tailbone. You can visualize all of the murky energy dissolving as it meets the ball of red light. The color for the root chakra is red, also black. Think of like black fertile earth. You can make time to sit outside every day and connect with nature. It is just good enough to simply observe what is going on around you, listen to the birds, look at the clouds, feel that you are a breathing part of nature. You are nature. You are a part of nature, all of that. You can use affirmations or mantras. I have a nice list here. I don't know if I'm going to read them all, but I will read a few. So, I am grounded. I am centered and whole. I trust in the wisdom of life. I have everything I need. 
I am safe and secure. I surrender. I am strong, stable, and at peace. I feel centered. I am home. I am connected to my body. My body is my home. I stand for my values, truth, and justice. I am kind and compassionate to myself. I am infinite possibilities. I am grateful for challenges because they make me stronger. I am fearless. I trust myself. I love myself. I trust true source, which is universal divine mother providing for my basic needs. I nurture myself with healthy food, clean water, clean air, exercise, relaxation, and connection to nature. I think the divine mother is following me. <laughs> I a lot of her recently. You can drink an herbal tea. You can drink a tea with grounding herbs or cleansing herbs like ashwagandha and cloves or any of the things that are associated with the oils that I said before. You could just straight up also drink black tea, although you cannot have caffeine, I would not recommend. But black tea is very root chakra. You could take a soothing shower because water is a way to cleanse stagnant and blocked energy. Or you could take a bath. You can even put some mineral salts in that shit. Good. Good cleanse. <laughs> you can explore the cause of your fears. Fears stem from your inner beliefs, grudges, and unresolved pain. So it's good to take time to reflect on the root of your fears, either on your own, in a journal with some journaling prompts, or with somebody you trust. It's very much if you're noticing, as I said before, why I associate Saturday with the root chakra. Because your root chakra is your foundational chakra. You hold a lot of energy there or things there. It is also our connection with our ancestry. So you might be dealing with quite a bit of stagnation there. I think one of the articles said it's like 90% of us are going to have issues here. It is just common. You can practice catharsis. This will be recommended for every chakra because practicing catharsis, like some sort of meditation, jumping, kicking, punching, shouting, screaming, dancing, dissolves blocked energy. It's very important. You can get a pedicure. Now, I wasn't going to put this because I saw it on one article and then I went to a different article and they also had it. And I was like, you know what? Okay. I. If y'all said so. Um, I personally do feel much more centered, as you're saying, and grounded. Like I said, way back when, I hate having dirty feet. So this is something I very much enjoy and do. I would just recommend clean your feet. Just soak them. I hate having things on my feet. I feel very... 
stagnant is not the word I would use, but I feel very, like, blocked up. Like, I was going to say confined. I can't get out of my body. I can't do anything. So, um, this person wrote from the source in the article that I used was that she said that she knew somebody who would say, you can always tell how well a person takes care of themselves by how they take care of their feet. And I would agree. I feel the same way about hands. Everybody focuses on putting motion on their face and their like body or whatever, but everybody forgets your hands and your feet. So I would agree. I just feel like your feet, thinking of earthing, I feel like your feet are where you expel like energy. And then when I have like socks and I'm trying to sleep, or when I have dirty feet, it feels like my feet can't do that. <laughs> and I don't enjoy it. <laughs> so, I fully relate. You can practice letting go, you can get rid of old junk and things that are no longer useful. Marie Kondo, your house, ask if it sparks joy. It doesn't get rid of that bitch. I appreciate the Marie Kondo method because she is asking you to look at objects and think of whether or not you're going to use it. And if you're not going to use it ever, why do you have it? Somebody else could use that thing. They might very well want to have that thing. You can strengthen your root chakra by having sex. Sex is just a good expulsion of energy. Especially if you are can't sleep or you have feel antsy or whatever. Associated with your sacral chakra, I do assume here, well, it doesn't have to have a different meaning. But I do feel like the intention is a little bit different. Also, we are animal creatures, unless you are of course asexual. We are regular old animals. It's just good for you. You can practice gratitude. That would be helpful for all of your chakras. You can recognize abundance in your world. Sometimes when you're pessimistic, it's really easy to think like, I don't like it. I, what do you mean? Like I have everything I need, but I don't have anything. Be like, well, that may be true. But let's just spend a second or two thinking about what you do have. Even if it's one tiny thing, that's still better than nothing. You can give and receive healthy touch, such as massage, or even holding hands with somebody. That sounds nice. <laughs> I There's that moment of like, when was the last time I held somebody's hand? Oh, a long fucking time ago. <laughs> it feels like forever ago. Yeah. Or hugging. You just hug somebody. Also, that's been a while. Yeah. Partially because I'm lonely, but also because of coronavirus. Yeah, that too. <laughs> also, I don't want anyone to touch me. Like, there's corona. You can also... Practice self-reliance. You can create safety in your environment. 
would consider that like in a small way. Maybe like you know, shut your windows or something. That seems really small, but it, you know, make yourself feel safe. Put more blankets on the bed. Make a tent. Make a little thing full of pillows and blankies. A blanket fort. Yes. You can use the color red in your daily life, like wearing it, eating red foods, like I said, things like cherries, raspberries, red apples. You can, like, paint with it or look at pictures of it. Red. You can also do some Reiki healing. Find a Reiki healer in your area or maybe digitally to help clear out some of your stagnant energy. And you can connect to the earth. I already said earthing, but of course, walking barefoot on the grass and gardening are also connecting to the earth. They are very good for your root chakra. Maybe even say hello to Miss Mother Earth while you're doing it. Like, hello. Thank you for letting me stand on you and live here. I almost fell over. Oh my god. <laughs> So, as I also said, now the developmental stage, I'm like sitting with it. It's making sense. I said it's connected to your ancestry. So it's literally the chakra that you develop from jump. One of the things it says is like one of the things that can affect your root chakra is like if you moved a lot or if your parents got divorced or somebody lost a job. Things like that are things that really shake up your root chakra. Or if your parents argued about money... It makes sense since, like, it's also, like, your survival instincts are kind of held in your root chakra. So it makes sense that would yeah. that would form first because if you're a baby and, well, I don't know, you form your crown chakra first, it's like, you're going to die. <laughs> I don't know. Like, your crown chakra is, like, it let your soul out of your body. <laughs> so... <laughs> Like, you might die. You just might not return. <laughs> wow. But it makes sense because root chakra, survival instincts. You gotta eat. Yes. You gotta sleep. You gotta procreate. All that stuff. All of that. Clean yourself. All of that. All that. And if you're dirty, you're gonna scream because mom and dad need oh, to come clean God. you. <laughs> Clean me, I'm dirty. For the love of God, somebody get me out of this soiled diaper. (laughs) I would fall out and die if I was like, I had my child. And all I heard from another room was, I'm dirty. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be like, okay, my child's possessed. Um, I'm going to go get a priest. (laughs) Like, why did you yell that? Why is that what you're screaming? Because I'm dirty! (laughs) I'm dirty! I can't. I can't go to bed. My feet are dirty. What? (laughs) What? Get in the tub. So, hold on. I was, hold on. I was typing. I was typing in our calendar. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to be, I was trying to make progress. <laughs> what is your media? 
I am going to be talking about Star versus the Forces of Evil. I'm so glad that I didn't pick that. <laughs> I would point you. <laughs> um, I picked this one because I couldn't think of anything that had to do with centering. I'm sure there's something somewhere, but at the time, I could not think of it. Oh, this is cute. The genres are adventure, comedy, fantasy, and magical girl, which magical girl I kind of associate with anime, but I guess it would still be considered magical girl. It'd be a cartoon. Anyway. That's nice. So, Star Forces, Star versus the Forces of Evil. Star Forces. Yes. Star versus the Forces of Evil is an American animated magical girl television series created by Darren Nefsy, Nefsy, N E F C Y, and developed by Jordana. Hold on. Yeah, Jordana Arkin and Dave Watson which aired on Disney Channel and Disney XD. It is the first Disney XD series created by a woman and the third overall for Disney television animation following Pepper Ann from 1997 and Doc McStuffins from 2012. What the fuck? What? I loved Pepper Ann. What? There's only been... It's only been the third for all of Disney. You got me fucked up. You got me fucked up. That is some bullshit. Okay, so we need to write a bunch of stuff for Disney so that it's not just three women. That's got me in such such a state right now. (laughs) I hate when I see stuff and it feels like the company is inclusive and then you find out that not that they're not inclusive but you just find out stuff like this where oh yeah most of our stuff was made by men and only three things out of the millions of things we've done has been written by women that touches me so bad (laughs) anyway this is a really good show so everybody can suck it the, these, this lady did a really good job. <laughs> yes. So, here's the plot. Star Butterfly is a magical princess from the dimension of uh, Muni. Oh my god, I kept hearing meow and I, <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to say it. Of Muni and the heiress to the royal throne of the Butterfly Kingdom. As per tradition, she is given the family family heirloom wand on her 14th birthday after her after she accidentally sets fire to the family castle. <laughs> oh, star. Her parents, King River and Queen Moon Butterfly, decide that a safer option is to send her to Earth as a foreign exchange student so she can continue her magical training there. She befriends student Marco Diaz and lives with his family in suburban Los Angeles while attending... This was Los Angeles. What? <laughs> yeah. Girl, how we watch that whole ass show? Girl, I don't know. And not know. Girl, I don't know. <laughs> so, in Los Angeles while attending Echo Creek Academy, 
going in a series of misadventures using dimensional scissors that can open portals, Star and Marco, Marco must deal with everyday school life while protecting Star's wand from falling into the hands of Ludo, a half-bird, half-man creature from Muni who commands a group of monsters. Man, Ludo's such a shit. Also, yeah. also, Star creates all of these misadventures. It is all her fart, fart, all her fault because Marco is the smart one here. Literally. <laughs> he is the one with all the survival instincts and all the common sense. <laughs> and I'm also very happy that another main character is, is, you know, colored. He's a person of color. He's Mexican, so... It's very nice to see. Yes. Is he Mexican? He is, isn't he? I think so. Oh, goodness. He is Hispanic. Yeah. I, um, I, I said Mexican, and then my next thought was Puerto Rican. And I was like, wait, what? Is he? I don't know. He's Hispanic. I don't, I don't think... I don't know about that. The other one. Um, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> he's, he's Hispanic. Um, as the series progresses, new, more threatening antagonists appear in the show, including the mysterious monster Toffee and former <sighs> queen Eclipse's half-human, half-monster daughter, uh, Metoria... Wait. Met... Met... Meteora Butterfly. <laughs> I couldn't say Meteor because it had an A at the end. Meteora Butterfly. <laughs> The plot shifts. Also, I don't want to talk about Toffee. I really don't. I don't want to talk about Toffee. <laughs> I really don't. He's a good villain because he's actually a villain. Yeah. Anyway, the plot shifts from the defense of the wand from Ludo to a bigger and more complex narrative focusing on the various conflicts revolving around prejudice against monsters, the ruleship of Mumi, Muni, holy fuck, Muni's origins, <laughs> and the very nature of magic itself. Several mysteries about the past of the butterfly royal family are also unveiled, mostly revolving around Eclipsa Butterfly, the queen of darkness, and the most famous, mem infamous member in the butterfly's family history. Several secondary protagonists also appear more prominently or join the series in subsequent seasons, including stars Muman best friend, Ponyhead, oh, <laughs> fucking Ponyhead, can we talk about Ponyhead, who is a floating yeah. unicorn head, stars half-demon ex-boyfriend Tom, the mysterious ja uh, Jaina, and Magic High Commission member Hickapoo, <laughs> Queen Moon also takes on a bigger role. There's a lot that goes on, but listen, Ponyhead, if... If Ponyhead were human, she'd be a black chick. <laughs> just there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. She's just got that like unfallible confidence, and she kind of doesn't give a shit. <laughs> no, Ponyhead don't care at all. Like, if she doesn't get you in stitches, nothing in the show will. If you don't like Ponyhead, I don't want to know you. She's just a riot. She's a riot. I, 
Like, I liked um, Eclipsa when they brought her in. She was an interesting character to me. Also, there's four seasons. Did I say that already? There's a total of 77 episodes. Which, I still haven't watched the fourth season because after what happened to Toffee in the third, I was oh, traumatized. <laughs> still traumatized. I'm still traumatized. But I just, I really just want to see Butterfly, or not Butterfly, Star and Marco get together because they deserve each other. Yeah. They're so fucking cute. And people who keep trying to put Star <laughs> with, what's his fucking nuts, with Tom need to stop. She broke up with him for a reason. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oh, you know, so after it mentioned uh, the mysterious Jaina, it made me think of that one episode where Marco goes into the future? The past. The future. And then... The future. Yeah, when he comes back, he's all beefed out. <laughs> It, yeah. just, it just gets me. It just gets me in the fucking giggles every time. <laughs> but that that boy lived a whole life and then returned to being a teenager. I don't even want to imagine. Horrible. <laughs> That's too much. Oh, this is interesting. So, Nefsi said her original, she originally created Star as a girl who wanted to be a magical girl like Sailor Moon, and Marco as a boy who was obsessed with Dragon Ball Z and karate. <laughs> they would be enemies instead of friends. In the earlier version, Star did not have any actual magical powers. She instead would approach and solve problems primarily through the force of her determination alone. Well, let's be real. She still does that. <laughs> yeah. She does use magic a lot, but she does a lot of her determination and Marco's patience. Nefsi began pitching the show to Cartoon Network during the time when she was in her third year of college when the network was actively soliciting the creation of pilots for the cartoonistute? Wait. It's like, I know what they did. They mixed cartoon and institute together, but I can't say the word. Yeah. However, due to the network's stance on not greenlighting girl- what? Not greenlighting girl shows- her version for the show at Cartoon Network never got made. Well, fuck them. I was going to say, Cartoon Network, we got to have a fucking conversation because, excuse me. <laughs> Nefsi originally placed Star in the fourth grade, reflecting on the time in her own childhood when she held a self-described obsession with the animated series Sailor Moon. Yeah, that's, um, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> However, Nefsi later adjusted the character's age to 14 during the time she made her serious proposition to Disney rather than Cartoon Network originally. An executive at the time made the suggestion for Star to have an 
to have actual magical powers. Nefsi worked this concept into the show's current iteration, along with the idea of different dimensions as show locations, the framing device of Star being a foreign exchange student, and the plot aspects relating to Star being a princess and the consequent and the subsequent consequences of her royal birthright. Nefsi said the, that the overall concept has evolved over about six years. That's really cute. That's really cool. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. This makes so much sense! Okay, in addition to Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z, Nefsi has said that she had heavy influence in her youth from the animated Japanese shows Magic Knight Ray Earth. Yeah. Revolutionary Girl uh, Utena. Girl, girl, yeah, girl. And Unico. The last of which featured a blue unicorn. She also cited shows unrelated to Japanese animation such as Buffy the Vampire Slayer and was influenced by independent comics series such as Scott Pilgrim and The Dungeon. Yeah, this makes a lot of sense. Wow, so it is so Scott Pilgrim that makes so much sense. It, It really is. With regards to the development of more strong female characters, Nefsi said that she looked at TV over the years and I have and I have had to go to Japan when I was younger to find the cartoons that had the characters that I wanted to see. It was always Girl, a, preaching. Right? It was always a question of, well, why isn't that on TV in the US? Girl was Girl. talking about shit we've been talking about. <laughs> Girl, say it louder. Honestly, where was all the girl animes? Where was all the girl shows? I'm so touched. I'm so glad that this generation gets shows about girls. Like, you get both now. And that's important in my head. It's the it's the whole thing about representation. Whether they look like you or not, it's the fact that, oh, look, there's this girl doing all these amazing things in this show and not a boy. So guess what? I can do it too. Well, not exactly like the magic, but we get it. We're not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but I uh, preach. <laughs> she been Girl, preaching. She's saying it loud. I'm so the. I will never get over the fact about due to the network stance on not greenlighting girl shows. What does that you mother? I don't understand. I don't understand that because how is the most one of their most successful shows is Powerpuff Girls? So I don't get it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't get why you would have a stance like that. I don't. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just. <laughs> but like, Apple. I can't really think of any other cartoons besides Powerpuff Girls that had girls in them, like as the main characters. Besides, well, okay, well. Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, Mandy was a main character, but the show was still kind of about Billy, too. A lot about Billy. Billy being touched in the head. You know, like, I understand what they mean. It wasn't a girl show. It was just a show. Yeah. It was not a show for girls. The one thing I could think, oh, God, and it's right here. As Told by Ginger is the only other thing I can think about. I don't even know what that is. (laughs) Oh, what was it on? I think it was on Nickelodeon. Oh. She was Ginger, you know, Ginger Girl. Because I'm trying to think. 
because for for Disney to only have Pepper Ann and Doc McStuffins, I'm like the only other thing I can think about is as told by Ginger and Powerpuff Girls, and I can't think of any more. <sighs> well. I mean, I think Disney, no, was it Nickelodeon? Disney or Nickelodeon, one of the two had, um, you know, like, witches and twinks and stuff. Twinks? I don't think that's what that was called. That's not, that's not it. Winks. <laughs> it was called. <laughs> it was called Winks. <laughs> like the Saturday cartoon channels. Yeah. It just, it like, like... Four kids and stuff. It boggles my mind that there have only been three shows for Disney that have been written by women, at least according to this specific wiki. <laughs> I hope according that's a... According to that wiki right there. <laughs> According to this wiki, which I, I can't see when it was last updated, so maybe that's a lie now. I hope it is, but it, it, it just, it, uh, that's crazy. So many things came out during this. I've learned a lot today. I've learned so much today. Anyways, like... It's a good, cute TV show. Even as, so me me and Ryan, we watched this when we were in our 20s, and it was still good. Like, it doesn't Very change good. the fact that, like, being for younger girls does not change the fact that it was good. Just like a lot of things. There's a lot of things out there that people will be like, well, you're an adult now, you shouldn't be enjoying this. It's like, fuck you. I love Hilda, and Hilda's like 12. (laughs) Well, it makes me think of, y'all live in the generation now of Steven Universe and Star vs. the Forces of Evil and Gravity Falls, and all that shit is good. I'm grown. Gravity Falls was so good. I haven't watched um, Steven Universe, but I just know that it has... I haven't either, but I know like a lot of adults like it. (laughs) Yeah, because it has... I know that a lot of adults like it because of how much representation it has in the show. Yeah. And that's really cool to see, in my opinion, because, of course, we didn't have that when we were kids. We sure didn't. We didn't have hardly anything. I mean, we had a lot of good shows. I'm not going to say we didn't. But the stuff they have now, the representation and stuff, that's good, too. I love what we have. I love what we had. But this is nice. Oh, so random fact that does not go along with Star versus the Forces of Evil. So you know Miriam from Courage the Cowardly Dog? Yes. Her voice actor passed away recently. Like last week recently. Oh. Yeah. They were talking about it on the radio. And I was like, oh. So he was like going through episodes and stuff. Also, the the town that Courage the Cowardly Dog takes place in, um, Nowhere, Arizona, or Nowhere, New Mexico, or whatever the fuck, is actually a real place. There is a Nowhere, New Mexico. Or no... Yes. Yeah, New Mexico. Because I was thinking my uncle probably lives near it. Anyway. I just watched the whole first season of that. Courage the Cowardly Dog was so fucking good. But also, it was creepy. It, it was had its, scary as shit. It had its moments. I was like, oh, 
Oh, oh, no. It's too much sometimes. I'm like, no, no, thank you. Even as an adult, I'm kind of like, oh, oh, right. I'm full grown and I'm saying no, thank you. Thanks. It's it's like the toffee scene. Just thanks. I hate it. I hate it. You know what? This is a good, um, I don't want to say root chakra thing. Maybe it is. I don't know. But it's like going back to your childhood things are also a good cleanser because you go back it's like healing your inner child is you go back and you remember these things that you really loved (laughs) inner child is sacral but i think that it's important to do it's like remembering your own roots yeah i mean we've talked about like thinking back to when we were kids and wondering where that excited little girl went to it still makes me sad yeah. So I don't remember when she stopped being an excited little girl and when she stopped being, or when she started being mean. So, no, I don't remember that time. I remember when I started being secretive. Oh. I mean, I always kind of like just liked my shit to myself, but it got worse when. My brother told me he read something that I kept underneath my pillow, and it was like, why were you on my bed in the first place? I live, like, I'm in a loft bed. Why were you under my pillow? Why were you reading my shit? I... Anyways. Star versus the forces of evil. Watch it if you want to watch a cute, magical girl TV show. Bump it up with... It's not anime. (laughs) Bump it up with Gravity Falls. And maybe even Steven Universe. And Over the Garden Wall. Yes. Oh man, I'm so ready for all the spooks to come back out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to see... Um... The... Uh, uh-huh. uh... Yeah. Him. Him. <laughs> <laughs> We're both thinking of the same thing, but I can't remember what it's called. I, I don't want to remember... It has antlers. It's creepy. It's all blacked out. Yeah. It's not called the monster, but I don't remember what it's called. I don't want to remember. <laughs> it, I feel that, like my brain is just consciously not remembering. Over the Garden Wall is good. So I think it looks like it was created by the same people who wrote and directed and drew Flapjack, which Flapjack was also creepy. I don't yeah. want to... I'm glad that I was already going away from cartoons when Flapjack was, like, a big thing. Oh, man. Another really good kid show was uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. It was very good. But, like, Over the Garden Wall is... It just seems unintentionally creepy. There are so many creepy things that happen in that TV show, and you're just like, why? Why is it like this? Yeah. Poor Wirt. <laughs> Poor Wirt. What, what media do you have? Well, I'm leaning into the ancestry, and I'm bringing us Pocahontas. Yes! <laughs> because of Grandmother Willow. Oh. Uh. 
So, Pocahontas uh, is, well, I'll tell you. Pocahontas is a 1995 American animated adventure musical romantic historical drama film. Oh my god. Could they put more adjectives? <laughs> Based on the life of the Native American woman Pocahontas. Pocahontas was a real lady, guys. Yeah, she really she, existed. She got done dirty. Yeah. It said, I think the thing, I just passed it, I think it says she died in 1617. Just in case you're curious. But... Mm. In England, I think, she died from disease. Yeah, in the UK, she's buried there. That's even more of a disservice, in my opinion. Like, I get that you can't transport her across the ocean because she would just... She would rot and decay, but it still feels like a disservice because now she's not buried on her homeland. That... Sorry. I agree. Uh, Pocahontas portrays a fictionalized account of her historical encounter with Englishman John Smith, whose real name was John Roll, and the Jamestown settlers who arrived from the Virginia Company. So, it is Disney's 33rd animated feature film. And it was the sixth film produced and released during the period known as the Disney Renaissance. Thank you, The Little Mermaid. It's Ariel's fault. (laughs) (laughs) So, Pocahontas, Native American lady. A beautiful, beautiful lady. Yeah. Really good music by Alan Menken in this movie. Alan Menken always does it. He always knocks the shit out of the park. I was going to say, like, Colors of the Wind. (sighs) Put that on. You'll never, you'll never get me to shut up. It's, 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 it's just, it is. Undescribable. So, I'll tell you. I'm not going to tell you the whole plot. The, it did say at the top, I didn't just read it to you, but I'll say it to you now. That the intention was to be more serious in, like, the realm of, like, I'll just tell you. (laughs) Uh, Disney Studio Chairman Jeffrey Katzenberg decided the film should be a serious romantic epic in the vein of Beauty and the Beast, in the hopes that, like, Beauty would also be nominated for the Academy Award for Best Picture. And I was about to say, it is more serious. Like, it's definitely more, like, romantic, and these two people won't get together. And my little child self loved that. I think, I think if they had done like a not serious one, it it would have definitely flopped because like, what the settlers did to the American Indians was very serious. Yeah, (laughs) and very important. Well, makes me think of it in terms of like if it was more like Moana. I don't think it's like it wouldn't. I don't know. Oh, yeah, they probably wouldn't have. It just would have been silly. Yeah. Not that Moana's not good, but Moana is not serious, necessarily. It would have been 
Like, I would have liked to see a movie about, like, maybe Pocahontas growing up into herself. Like, learning about the spirits and all that good jazz. Like, learning from... Yeah, that would have been cute. The, yeah, the grandmother tree and stuff like that. But I don't think they could have done it for her older. Definitely. So. Yeah. So, it says... Well, I just explained to you. The settlers come... Right here, it, does, it has a date in 1607. The Susan Constant sails from London to the New World, carrying English settlers from the Virginia Company. Along the way, the Susan Constant is caught in a North Atlantic storm, and Captain John Smith, who dreams about adventure, saves Thomas, a young and inexperienced crewmate, from drowning. Of course, the settlers come. The natives are there. John falls in love with Pocahontas because me too. Right? I would have. Besides Kita, another very early female crush. <laughs> yes. Probably first because I think I watched Pocahontas before Atlantis. It probably came out before Atlantis, so. Yes. So he falls in love with these beautiful young woman who is a free spirit and she does not want to be wed to Kokowam because she thinks he is too serious. Which, honestly, accurate. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You, you might, yeah. He might be. So, she helps foster, that's what I wanted, I was like, she helps foster peace between the English and the natives and also give the governor his comeuppance. So, Pocahontas, what I want to talk about, ancestry, Pocahontas' mother is passed away, unfortunately. Pocahontas wears her mother's necklace as a present. We watch her get the necklace from her father in the explanation, and it's very loving. But she also speaks to Grandmother Willow about what she should do, who is a spiritual talking willow tree. And she talks about her dreams and and what she should do and how she feels. And Grandmother Willow is there to give her advice. She also lets John meet Grandmother Willow who is really just a tree. She a whole tree. <laughs> a whole ass tree. She really a whole tree in the ground. <laughs> um, and of course, they end the movie by getting completely together, falling in love, being together, all that. Oh. I didn't have an idea what the... The speaking voice and the singing voice of Pocahontas are two different people, and I just glanced over who the singing voice is, because I know I recognize her name, but I realize I've never seen her before, and I didn't have an idea, but she doesn't look the way I thought she would. Hmm. I was like, oh. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Literally just, oh, okay. It says right here, the film's historical inaccuracies and racial overtones received polarized responses. Which, sure. But I will say, in defense of my childhood in Disney, it is, like, one of those things, like, I'm not... 
we watch anime, and I'm about to drop an anime on y'all, because we, we've said this, and I continue to say it even though it's basically irrelevant at this point. Um, there's a lovely anime called Hitalia. Oh my god. And you wouldn't use Hitalia for a history test. That's how I think of Pocahontas. It's like, I didn't come to it for the accuracy. Do I know it's inaccurate? Yeah. But, like, call me careless. I, it, it's fine. Like, I don't... I care, but I don't care. <laughs> I obviously care from one perspective, but at the same time, I'm like, it's a movie. It's an animated Disney movie. It's not what I... I don't come here for the history. Right. Moana is not necessarily accurate either. Not that it's inaccurate, but I can think of a few things where I'm like, I mean, that's not necessarily how Hawaiian culture goes, but it's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's chill. to be fair, you there's like things that about history that you shouldn't be teaching children to begin with, especially yeah. children who are going to be watching Pocahontas. Like, I agree. That's why when people get so touched about way the way history is portrayed i'm like i agree there's some things we could do differently but i also agree that we shouldn't be you know there there's just some things that you shouldn't be teaching children maybe i agree <laughs> maybe later but would you it's like i kind of um devil's advocate that it being disney would you rather they didn't have made it at all like, no. <laughs> I'm happy it exists. Right. It makes me think of, as I was just talking about Miss Stephanie Meyer a few uh, episodes ago, that I agree when she said that te the teenage books don't need gratuitous amounts of sex. I'm like, I agree. No, I 100% wholly agree. You're right. It, oh, I, I was trying to think of something else. It also makes me think of... Um, the Road to El Dorado. I love that movie so fucking much. I do too. Do you want to see all the? Do you want to see the two Spanish people give all those people syphilis? Mm. Is that what you want? No. No. I will take the movie as is. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> it's a cute movie. But they can learn about the actual history later. <sighs> so there are sequels to Pocahontas just like every other Disney sequel except for a key few they are not very good I don't recommend yeah but that's okay they have they exist some people like them you know I think the only Disney film that had good like really good sequels is Lion King because you have yeah. Lion King one and a half which is fucking hilarious. And then you have Lion King 2, which I love Kova, yeah. and I can't remember the daughter's name right now, but the little daughter lion, I love her too. Also, um, that song when Kova is walking like through the hall of animals, so good. Disgraced, I think is what it's called. So good. I agree. But, yeah. 
I'm sorry. Oh, Pocahontas is not my favorite princess. She's not a princess, but she's not my favorite princess. Uh, but I remember talking way, way long ago about like I had a resurgence of a love for Pocahontas. First of all, her strong jawline. No, honestly. But I was like, you know what it is? You know, Pocahontas comes off to me. One thing I really love is that she comes off like a woman. Yeah, yeah. And I love that for her. That is really nice. Like, a lot of Disney female protagonists kind of come off as girls, almost. Like, young women trying to figure out their way into womanhood. But, like, her, Kita, like, all all the females in Atlantis, to be honest, like, all of those women... Women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, I think part of it, depiction-wise, but I, I agree, and I also think part of it is they just make young women. Yeah. Not to say Pocahontas is old, but they steer in the direction of, like, Anna and, like, Moana, you know? And, like, Rapunzel and Tangled. Yeah. They're yeah. not kids, but they're they're young. It's like they're they're they're... They're young. At most, they're probably, like, late teens, early 20s, maybe. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, it's interesting as as depiction-wise about how culture changes, because Cinderella herself is, I think, she's supposed to be 19. Really? That just goes how the 50s is, because I would say, not that she comes off like a woman in the same way that Pocahontas does, but I wouldn't say she's 19. But they, they saw things differently then. I don't necessarily, I mean, I'm not, not a critique, it's just facts. (laughs) But, you know, Disney leans in the, in the, even from Jump, Snow White being the first princess, she comes off very young. Because she is. Yeah. But it's like they do Snow White and Tangled and all, and I would say Tiana, she comes off very uh, womanly. Yeah. I love Tiana so much. She is very mature. But I do feel like Pocahontas is, like, she the bay. Strong woman. Like, actual woman. Strong jawline. She jumps off cliffs. Yeah. You can't fuck with her. She's the OG bay. Like, and I I, I remember saying, this is the other thing I was thinking. I remember saying, too, a long time ago, I'm like, Pocahontas is actually beautiful. Like, she is stunning. Yeah. Yeah. Which ties into the womanly thing. Like, it's just, she's drawn, like, differently. And I don't know, I can't put my finger on it. But she's just drawn a certain way where I'm like, she's, like, actually beautiful. The princesses are, like, pretty and cute and whatever. My favorite is Cinderella, who I would also say is drawn beautifully. She reminds me of a Barbie doll. This is what Barbie reminds me of. A vintage Barbie. Yeah. But I digress. Like, Pocahontas is drawn a certain way. Whereas, like, she's, like, legitimately, like, a beautiful woman. Like, stunning. Yeah. Yeah. I love her. Can we talk about Ariel when she's grown up? Oh, Ariel's lovely when she's grown up. Like, after she's had, um, I can't remember. Yeah, Melody. Yes. Like, her, too. (laughs) Her too. I like to see that you can tell how much she matured, and it's very. Speaking nice. of, 
talking about Twilight and having stories that like, oh, they actually got married and had a honeymoon and had a child. The Little Mermaid. Yeah. We actually got to see that. The child. It's like, wow. It's like you do all that work and then we don't even get to see like them be happily married with the child. Right. But sometimes, sometimes we do get that. It makes me think of um, Into the Woods. Mm. When when Anna Kendrick is like in the carriage going up to the castle for her wedding or whatever it was for. And she just looks over and she sees the baker and her his wife with the baby and she's like, that, that, it's been like a week. <laughs> How, like, did yep. they steal a baby? <laughs> You literally, they <laughs> snatched it. But that kind of stuff, because, you know, they went through all the work, and then they had the baby, and they were happy. Of yeah. course, there's still more to that movie, but they were happy. But whatever. But, you know, nobody asked my opinion. <laughs> but also, also, in that movie, Anna Kendrick as Cinderella realizes the prince isn't what she thought. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that's an interesting take on it, too. Um, I would agree that it was interesting at the time, but it is still interesting. But I think that's a trope I'm ready to leave as well. Only because how many more movies do we need to see, like Brave and Frozen and Into the Woods, where the woman goes, I don't want to be married. And it's like, I got it. Moana. It's like, okay, Disney, you heard us all fucking complaining, and you said, oh, you, oh this is what you want? They gave it to us. Well, I got you. Disney said, you wanted more? We'll keep going. And I'm kind of like, ooh, di- ooh, Disney, ooh. Ooh, look what y'all did. You broke Disney. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> they they went on to the very far side, and they need to find a good middle ground now. They did it. Like, they did what we asked. And it was like, ooh, ooh, Disney. Disney did what the, what the modern feminists wanted. And I appreciate it, Disney. But also, can I get a little bit of romance again? One more. For old times. <laughs> you can release them at the same time. One where she doesn't want to get married, and one where she does. <laughs> That'd be an interesting well, movie. Speaking of Pocahontas, I actually appreciate the fact that her reasoning for not wanting to get married to Coco One was because her personalities didn't match. Yeah. She felt like her and John were a better match. And I'm like, that's the romance I want. Besides the history, does that kind of taint things a little bit? Yes. But that is kind of what I want. I remember us talking about it for Brave a little bit. Like, it would be interesting to actually give her somebody where it was, because she would put somebody in the position of, like, no, we have to, like, match. That compliments her. I feel like Brave's got that kind of potential. Yeah. For some reason to me. I would like to see it. It's not like I don't want Merida to have to be married, but I'm like, no, no, but she gives off Pocahontas vibes. She's just a free spirit. That doesn't mean she can't be with somebody. Right. It'd be nice to see a second movie where she was older, and yes. that was the point. Like, they have to work for her hand. Oh, my God. Three of them running around the house. Oh, my God, no. Oh, my God. Those princes Three come back like... Giants? Those princes come back five years later, and their bro- her brothers are just like beefed out, standing in front of her, like you got to go through us first. And they're like, um. Oh my god. Okay, 
but let's talk about how these princes have to get up to the standard of her father. Bro, they're not going to. No. They're not going to make it. I mean, let's talk about how they have to get up to the standard of her mother. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> that is mother. There's no pleasing, I don't think. I don't know. I don't know about her. But, I, yeah, I think it'd be interesting. So I just had a weird idea, and the idea was to have, like, a magical issue where you have the princess or whatever the fuck she is, and the, like, the guy or whoever, like, or she, I don't know. They go, <laughs> they go to a witch or whatever um, to either get a spell to fall in love or to get a spell to make somebody fall in love or whatever the case may be, which would more be on the dude's part. Anyways, point being is the main female character has these this duality where she wants to get married, but she also doesn't at the same time. And the spell goes wrong and she gets split into two. And you have the half that wants to get married and the half that doesn't want to get married, but they can't live separately. So what the fuck do you do? And then you go from there. I think it'd be a cute movie. Anyway, TM. <laughs> that has potential. That sounds good. TM. I, I've, I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it could work. I think it'd be interesting because you could explore a different kind of Maybe you could maybe you could do like voodoo again or you explore a different kind of magical culture. Yeah. Because we did like the Irish magical culture and we did voodoo magical culture and we've done like whatever you consider Little Mermaid and Cinderella, which for some reason I'm thinking French magical culture, but whatever. It's just like general, I think. And then and then we had fucking um Polynesian magical culture. So like there's potential you could pick a different magical culture to use. But I would like to see voodoo again. That'd be nice. Yeah, that would be nice. I'd like to see a voodoo lady. Is what I would yeah. want. Oh my yeah, god. Could, could, I could, a woman now. could you imagine like like a a a voodoo priest and then a voodoo priestess and they work together to like they get this one customer and it's like okay yeah I'll take this one they get another customer and it's like no this one sounds more like me they split it that way and then they get this one girl and the voodoo priestess is like I'll take her it's fine I'm a woman I'll deal with this and then he's like trying to help and this is why the spell goes wrong is because he was like, nah, I just, just a little bit. Like, the hoodoo priest is just, just a little bit. You know, make it sweet. And then split straight down the middle. And they're like, oh my god. And she's like, what did you do? It'd be cute. I didn't Makes me think of uh, Sleeping Beauty when they couldn't decide on the color of her dress. Yeah, that'd be, oh. I miss, like, I haven't watched that movie in a really long time. Me neither. So anyway, Pocahontas. Um, good movie. I'm sure you've seen it. If you're listening to this, you've probably seen it. But watch it again. Just for the music and just to look at Pocahontas. Watch <laughs> it again. So, if you'd like to hear more from us and our story ideas and <laughs> what have you, 
You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, just searching up Mix Witches Podcast. Or you can shoot us an email, mixwitchespodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Society6, which is also at Mixed Witches Podcast. Or you can head over to our website, which is mixedwitchespodcast.squarespace.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's kind of shorter than the other ones. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I love doing long episodes, but having to edit them is just a nightmare. Yeah. Because, like, a two-hour long episode will take upwards of four, five hours to edit all together. It sounds like it shouldn't. But having to stop and cut and go and stop and cut and make sure this sounds okay with the amount that I... Yeah. A nightmare. (sighs) Anyways. Hope you guys had fun. Hope you guys learned something new. Whether that was from the Disney... Whether that was from the media or whether that was from our actual topics. Uh, But yeah, I hope you learned something new. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Getting faded, did not appreciate all that they created. We're chasing after that witch's brew. Damn, 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 damn. Thinking more, but doing less. Keeping score, but failing at the test, y'all. Chasing after that witch's brew. Damn, 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 damn. Chasing after that witch's brew. Got nothing better to do Cause you're sailing down Easiest street again Damn X marks the spot Or is it O Getting high then Feeling so low Chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn Damn, 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 damn. Been dreaming up 
about paradise Play those cards, baby, roll those dice Y'all chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn Start to go and then you stop cause you're sailing down easy street again. Damn. Almost within reach, but out of your grasp. The last drop at the bottom of your glass, you're chasing after that witch's brew. Damn, 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 dam